So you had a you had a pivotal moment in your life. You're at Sue's, 17 years old, pregnant. You're 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 thinking to yourself, stability. So you got to get this money, right, mm-hmm. to provide stability before you start showing, and you got to stop working at Sue's. But yeah. then you're on stage one night yeah. on a Tuesday. Thank God it was early. And and you start bleeding. Yeah, uh, I start bleeding. Um, a bouncer <clears throat> told me, you know, I was bleeding, whatever. So mm-hmm. the um, bouncer. Yeah, the bouncer. Okay. So uh, I would went into panic mode, and I rushed to, uh, I believe it was Montefiore Hospital, mm-hmm. and it just turned out I was normal. It, it was like, you know, just, it happens, and I had nothing to worry about. But from that moment on, I had a rough pregnancy. Mm. I was just always, like, sick. I was just... Was it like physical or like like emotional stress? I think it was. Now that I look back at it, I think that it was. It was induced by stress, just because. Mm. I don't know what was gonna happen. I got kicked out of my house. Me and my mom had another argument. So when you were pregnant, you got kicked out of your mom's house. Yeah, I got kicked out of my mom's house. Where'd you go from there while pregnant? I went to my son's father's house. I told him what was going on. He was like, he kind of knew what was going on. He saw it in a way, but. We'll get to that. Um, Did any amount of time elapse between your mom's house and your son's father's house? Or uh, did you just go straight from one house to the other? I went straight from one house to the other. He literally picked me up. His dad, God bless him, I love him. Mm -hmm. He picked me up um, in their car and I got all my stuff and I went straight to his parents' house. And that was funny because here I am pregnant, but we couldn't share a room together. I had to sleep with his sister. (laughs) Because because you guys they like, just don't believe in it, you, you know. And, married, and I understood that they were Catholic. I, I, yeah, and Got it just it. didn't look good to you know the other two kids because he has a younger sister and a younger brother. Okay. And I respect that. At first, I was like, <laughs> you know, but then I was just like, all right. But they finally came around to it like later, and I you know I went upstairs and yeah 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 we had because now we have a family yeah yeah yeah. But um yeah, I went over there and that was like crazy for me. What was crazy? Going from. The Bronx to Inglewood, New Jersey. Two there's different no worlds. Ba- there's no bodegas. Mm. There's none of that. Uh-huh. Everything closes. <laughs> you can't just walk around. Like no if Lucy you feel, spots. Yeah, you can't just go hang out on the front of your building or on your stoop. A stoop. They're like, what the? What's you a know? stoop? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I couldn't do any of that. I didn't drive because you don't need to in, in yeah, New York. In New York, you don't You don't need, need right. to drive. It's right. a $5 cab everywhere. Mm-hmm. And there I was stuck in a house. And I went from one prison to another. And that's just mm. the way I felt about it. Just like, you know, I'm under somebody else's rules. Mm. And it was just different. I I respected them as a family, as a unit. I I respected what they were doing. How felt they like were, an outsider? Yeah. I did feel very much like an outsider. Okay. And then I already had all my tattoos. And his grandmother was looking at me like, Ooh, who's this girl? She's showing up. She's pregnant. You know, I could understand where they were coming yeah, from, yeah, though. Yeah. I mean, because if that was at my door, I'd be like, mm, I don't know about you. Mm-hmm. But um, they were very... They were open. They were very open to me and generous. And, mm-hmm. you know, later on, that relationship turned out to be beautiful. And the relationship I had between me and his grandmother just is a beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. relationship. But it took a lot to get there. Yeah, because you were from... The Bronx. The other side of the tracks. First of all, they're Colombian. Yeah. <laughs> they wanted him to be with a Colombian woman. Yeah, they they um, they want, they want had... 
I guess they were also going through their own thing too because there they are, their their baby boy that they love and you know their firstborn is mm. is having a baby. Mm-hmm. He they he didn't exactly end up where they wanted him to right. either. You know, right, right, so right, right. I you know they had a lot of things going on and I can understand that and I respected it. Right. Um, and I stayed there and. For the first time in my life, I wasn't high every day. I wasn't smoking weed. Mm. And I saw this man for what he... I'm, I'm not saying anything bad about him. He, you know, yeah, yeah. I could, but I'm not. Um, I just got to know him. I wasn't high. I didn't have, I didn't have blinders on. And yeah. I was just like, yo, what the heck did I do? Mm. And I didn't like what I saw. And and I in hindsight I guess I didn't like me and I didn't like him because of my situation so mm-hmm. nothing helped and added to that situation. Mm-hmm. The only good thing I had going was my baby, and that was a rough pregnancy too. Like I said, so it was yeah, just yeah, yeah. like it was hard. Yeah, you had a rough pregnancy, and then eight months into that, yeah, your son's uh, born. What's your son's name? My baby boy Robert. Al. Yeah, love him. Okay. Um. And what was what was motherhood like for the first time for you? Coming out of such a rough childhood. Well, let me let me go back to when I had him because this was actually a big moment for me. I had him out. He was a month early. He was uh, premature, four pounds. Okay. Um, I was absolutely alone in that hospital. It was Christmas time. He was born December twenty second. What do you mean you were alone? I didn't have anybody. I, I delivered. no one was there. So, um, my son's godmother, may she rest in peace. Um. She she was there. They rushed me to the hospital that night. It was like nine o'clock at night, or whatever. And I had my son at seven in the morning, and that was that. And then after that, we were leading into the Christmas, you know, the Christmas holiday. And Christmas is a huge thing over mm-hmm, at that mm-hmm, house. Mm-hmm, I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. huge. And um, I remember my dad came. I was there for a while because my son had to stay there for about seven days, and I think I was there for like two. So they allowed me to stay. But in that time, like... Um, he had to stay there seven days because he was premature. He, was, he had respiratory problems and okay. he, had, he was jaundiced and he was still under the weight. They okay. have to let you go at five, months, at okay. five pounds. Okay. So... They let you go at I, two. He stayed for seven. I stayed. So he was there with me through that time. But again, he was always out doing something else and mm-hmm. his head was just always somewhere else. He wasn't focused. Mm-hmm. He was present. focused on himself. He wasn't present. He wasn't present, right. Gotcha. And I realized at that moment, my, my dad actually, and I was estranged from him, you know, he came and he visited me, but that was it. Mm-hmm. I didn't have like this happy feeling like, oh, everybody's coming to the hospital. They're going to see, you know, the baby and, you know, and do all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I don't even think my mom didn't come. And it was just like, I felt so alone. And I hung on to that feeling. I was just like, I don't want this feeling. I want a big family. I want I want a house full of kids. I want loud. I want all these things. And for yeah. me, that was like so important. Yeah. And just to I never wanted to feel that alone again. And it was a it was a dark moment. Yeah. And I remember just looking outside on Christmas and it was snowing and I knew that they were home opening presents and doing all that. And meanwhile, here I had this big bump, you know, I had a baby, you yeah. know, but I was so alone. Yeah. And I just said, I never want to be this alone again. Yeah. And that was a big moment for me. Yeah. That was another moment where if I'm just picking up on some of the things that have gone on in your life, you were hurt by people who I thought were, you could trust. Yeah. 
and, and would be there for you. Right. And I don't think that they saw, I don't think, I don't, I still to this day, I don't think they realized like what that did. And it wasn't really their responsibility either. You know, that was, I wasn't their child. I right. wasn't, you know, right, right, right. and it's not their, so I can't put that on them. That's on me on my family and, and all the things that I had. But at this point I didn't have a family. I, my family was divided and torn, you know, my mom with my, with, you know, my, my stepfather and my father and my, nobody's talking to each other. And so it was all, it was all weird. And that was my own thing, but it was lonely. Yeah. And that moment was not what was supposed to be like this yes. joyous moment mm-hmm. was just filled with. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, at one point, you grab your baby and you you're you're cleared. He's cleared. You leave the hospital. Yeah. So what does life look like at that point? Well, I left the hospital and I was tired. Mm-hmm. And you know, and even to this day, when they tell you when you have a baby, sleep when they sleep. You yeah. know, when you're in the hospital because you're not gonna get that sleep right. again. Listen, that is a hundred percent facts. <laughs> you will never sleep again. Take advantage of that. Not for a few years. Yeah. My okay. son's 19. I still don't sleep right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I left the hospital. Uh, went home. We had our own apartment. Home and, back to oh, yeah, you we, had your own apartment. Yeah, we had moved out. We had Got our it. own apartment. Um that, that so in that time between me being pregnant and getting our own place. My mom was calling this house, mm-hmm. his parents' house, and disturbing their peace. So she was calling, saying, you don't know what kind of person you have living there. She's a stripper. She ain't this. She's not that. And she would just go on and on. So my mom is very, when she's in an episode, I guess you can call it, mm-hmm. she's very, she don't care who she's taking down. She's messing up everybody's happiness, and she don't want nobody to be Mm-hmm, at mm-hmm, peace, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. basically. So she was calling nonstop, calling nonstop. They had to disconnect the phone from the wall. It was just so bad. And at one point, made I made it hard for you. Made it very hard for me. And yeah. I'm just like, I'm sorry. And I'm just like, well, here, I don't know if they're gonna turn their back on me. Like, I don't want this drama. You need to go. I didn't know that's what I've had. And for my son's father's mom to turn around and tell me one day, I don't care about that. I see what I have in front of me. I have a huge respect for that woman for saying that because it, it gave me a comfort, hmm. you know, and it, and it felt good. And Wait, who, who said, who? This is um, my his son's father's mom. mom yeah. said that. And his, and his father was also the same way. Like, don't even worry about that. Yeah. You know, like they took me in, you know, and they, and they, and, and they really, they made me feel special yeah. at that moment because yeah. there's other times where they did not. But that moment was very special to me. And, um, so then, yeah, we got our own place and, you know, um, so when you left the hospital, you went to your place with him. Yes. We had a place at that, at that time already, just around the corner from their house. It was a nice little startup. It was my first apartment. Okay. It was like, it was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) It was just like, this is mine. But then again, it still didn't feel like mine. Mm. You know, I wasn't allowed to put certain things. Like if I wanted this to be here, I couldn't, you know, he was a very, um, Wanted his way, you know, mm-hmm. kind of person. And, you know, I, as a Spanish woman, we respect what our, our man says. And as that's... You, as, as you should. Don't go there. My fault. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, you know, it, it was... I wasn't allowed to go out. I wasn't allowed to... It was weird. It was very weird. And even, even after I had my son and everything, he used to charge me $5 to go to my friend's house. 
if I wanted to go in the car. Wait, what do you mean? What does that mean? Yeah, just show you. Like, if I wanted to go to my, my friend's house, I need $5 for gas. And oh, it, he'll give you know, a ride. And, and then yeah, and it's just like, it, it was just a weird kind of thing. It was yeah. a very, it, it was weird. Okay. And um, it was it was volatile. It was a very, I, I yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not yeah. proud of it, but yeah, yeah. I, I got thug with him. You know, yeah. I, I had to get like, Wait. there was, he brought out the worst in me and okay. he can still to this day. Okay. He could bring out the worst in me and it's, it's not a healthy, it's not a healthy relationship whatsoever. Cause I, 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 I did hit him a couple times. Uh, well, yeah, wait, maybe wait, I did. <laughs> yeah. Cause he got very, I, I have a thing with respect. Mm. Don't disrespect me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't do, I don't do that. Don't do that with me. Because I feel like a man's, a man should be respected Mm -hmm. and I will respect you, but don't make me see you in another light because I will, I will tear that from you. I know that's kind of weird to say, but I I don't, don't take advantage of you being a man and being bigger than me because I, I, I will fight you. And I'm just saying that before, like. That's how I was. I was always a fighter. I was always a scrapper. I always felt like I had to defend myself. And him getting like that with me was like, "Uh oh, here we go. So what are we going to do? And that wasn't good for me. So it, like I said, it didn't bring out the best in me. And I didn't want my son to see that. And then him growing up and seeing like, this is normal. No, it's not normal. It's not okay. That's Mm -hmm. not how two loving people should act. So I had to like, I knew at that moment, even before I had my son, I knew I didn't. I didn't love this man the way I, I wanted to, or I should. So you felt, you felt like you had this potential to be loving and compassionate, yes. but you couldn't be that person with yes. this person. Right. So you started to feel a bit hopeless in a, in a way. Yeah, I did so, feel so hopeless. So how long from the moment you left the hospital to, to you were in there, you're, you're not with this person still? No. Okay, so how, how long did that relationship we went last on, before you... It was on and off for a while. I think okay. the last time that we were not together, like officially, officially together, my son was probably like five. But there were times that, you know, we, we didn't have, you know... Tried rela- to make it work. We did try to make it work. Sure. And then at one point it was just, you know, sexual or anything like that. Because I'm like, this is the father of my child. I never wanted to be a person who had... Multiple, multiple partners, multiple partners sure. or multiple, you know, baby daddies sure. or anything. I didn't want that. Sure. I knew, I knew that from the beginning, I did not want that. So I had always said, I have to try to make it work because I, I want to have more kids. I want to have that loving thing. I want to have yep. a bunch of kids, yep. Yep. but I, I need to try to make it work with him. And I think he also had a, a hold on me and he okay. was all, and I did res- And you know, with all that being said with everything, he did always have his eye on what he wanted to do. And I respected that now in hindsight, I respect it because he did, you know, he did become successful, but to me, that wasn't everything Mm. to me. Success doesn't matter about how much money you have in the bank. So let's talk about that. that. Like, so Mm -hmm. you as somebody, cause we, so as a, as a pastor, Mm -hmm. I preach and teach this all the time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just, it's very much like something that's abstract or theoretical, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Success and money isn't everything, right. whatever. As somebody who went through the early stages of not feeling loved and valued, 
while someone was chasing success, you felt the burden of that, mm -hmm. where you had to, you were sacrificed so that mm -hmm. someone else could chase their dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Because here I was, so there was a point where I was working, I was four or five months pregnant and I was a, at a high risk pregnancy. So I was told that I shouldn't be working. I should be on bed rest, but here I am. I have to work because this, this person won't work. Right. They want to go to the studio and chase, and, yeah. and chase dreams and do all these kind of sure. things. And, and, and this is where, this is where the stability comes. In. I'm like, yeah, because you have a home to fall back on. Yeah. I don't, I have right. nowhere else to go. Right. So this has to work for me. Right. And, and that's great. He has a cushion. I, I'm happy for him, right. but that wasn't what I wanted. Was it your so here I'm working and I'm working at drug fair, which is a, it's a pharmacy. Now it's Walgreens and I'm working at drug fair and I'm stocking <laughs> and doing things. And I'm like crying while I'm doing, cause I'm like, mm. I can lose my child right now, mm. you know, but I have to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was one of those moments where I was just like, I have to love me before I can love anybody else. And I have to take care of me. And I just felt like I was hopeless again, back to where I was. And I didn't know how to get out of this hole that I was in. I just felt like every day that I was with him, I was just digging myself deeper and deeper and deeper. But I also wanted to love this person. I wanted it to work. I didn't want to be another statistic. I didn't want to be a failed relationship. I didn't, you know, I hate when people are like, oh, they must be Puerto Rican. <laughs> you know, I didn't want that. I, I wanted something better. Mm. Hmm. So the relationship comes to an end. Your son is how old? When it finally comes to an end, how old is your son? Uh, I want to say between maybe four or five. Okay. What did it look like mm -hmm. after that? What happens when the final separation takes place? It was place? horrible. It, Where'd you go? Um, I'm so assuming you left. I left. I, here and there, I went to my mom's. We, me and her, we came back in. So there was a point after I had my son that uh, my mom came back into my life and he wasn't there. We were at the same apartment and he wasn't there at all. Like I, I needed milk and I couldn't even get to the store and his friend would come by and be like, yo, you know, yelling out the window, you need anything? And I'm like, yeah, I need milk. Mm. But there, there's a, the, the father of my child. He, he's nowhere to be found. Right. And then my mom comes, she knocks on the door. She sees me. She's like, when was the last time you slept? I'm like, when I had him and that had been a week already. And she's like, give me him and go sleep. I slept for 36 hours. I was exhausted. Wow. I was, I've never in my life slept, <laughs> slept so for 36 hard. hours. Except for now, the quarantine. <laughs> Shout out yeah, to Yeah, I know, right? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I slept for 36 hours straight and I woke up like, what is going on? And I was mm -hmm. just like, I can't do this. That's mm -hmm. it. And I actually packed my bags and um, I went to my mom's. Going, going home to mom. Yeah, okay. I was just like, I can't, I can't, this can't be my life right now. Okay, so you, so you transitioned from that scenario. Oh, mind you, while I was in the hospital for seven days, he was having parties at the house. Hmm. Like he would have his boys over and I come, I come back and there's coronas all over the place. And I'm like, I'm in a hospital alone and this is what's going on. Hmm. Kudos to you, but hey, there's real life happening over here, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So that comes to an end, and then you go to your mom's house because mm -hmm. shall shall see your mom for coming and get you. But you've always had an on and off volatile relationship with your mom. Yeah. But now you're back at your mom's with a child now. Yeah. David came back into her life, uh, literally right when I had my son. David and my mom reconnected, and um, they decided they were going to get married February fourteenth of two thousand. Yeah. Mm. So I had my son December. Okay. And um, they, I'm sorry, 
Yeah, it's some, somewhere in there. My time is a little messed up. But um, maybe 2001. I'm not sure exactly. But mm-hmm. they got back together and they decided that they were going to move to Tom's River, New Jersey. Okay. And um, I was happy. You know, at least I knew that my mom was being taken care of. You know, and that I knew David, David's a straight arrow. He's a good guy. I didn't like what he did to her, but I understood it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's almost like in life, it's almost like everybody for themselves, you know, because you don't know. You get hurt enough. Yeah. And you don't know what tomorrow has, you know, so sometimes you just got to take those advantages and just roll with it. Mm -hmm. And that's what he did. I understand that. Yeah. So what was it like moving back with your moms? Now you, so you'd always had an on and off volatile relationship with your mom. Mm-hmm. You're back at your mom's house, but this time you have a kid. Mm-hmm. What was that like? My mom was happy at this point. Okay. So it was it was nice. Okay. She she was she was good. Uh, she did have her moments, but she was medicated properly. You know, she wasn't on the okay. cocaine anymore. She wasn't prostituting anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, there was none of that. Um, I had also gotten pregnant after I had my son. Mm. <sighs> um. I think he was probably like five months yeah, around there. And I got pregnant immediately after having him and I had a car accident and Mm. they took me to the hospital and they asked me if there was any chance that I was pregnant. And I had said, I guess, but I wasn't really sure. You weren't sure. Yeah, I wasn't sure because I also knew that I would have a problem getting pregnant. I knew that my son was my miracle. So I didn't know. And sure enough, they took a pregnancy test and I found out I was pregnant. But I was also leaving him that same week. And I found that I was pregnant. Mm. And I said, I can't do this on my own with two kids. And um, so I had an abortion. And that destroyed my life. That that just destroyed me because I never wanted to be that person and I wanted a bunch of kids and I wanted I wanted family. And I remember my son had to come with me to get that abortion. And I just mm. looked I had I had my girl, my best friend there. She's still my, my best friend. And um she held me down. She literally took a little corner. I remember I had to go to a couple abortion clinics and one of them was in Inglewood and there was like a picket line and she was just fighting people and pushing people out of my way. And, and, Mm. um, that didn't work out. So I went to one in New York because I couldn't get the money. And so I had to like find the place that would do it for the cheapest, which is horrible because that's not something you want to do to find the cheapest place, you know? Right. So, um, we went to New York. She held on a little corner and she had her son with her and I had my son with me. Mm-hmm. And um, that was the longest day of my life. And I mm. remember when I was in there and I was going to tell them to stop. And I remember going under. And you couldn't. And I couldn't. And it was just, it tore me up. And, and that's when we spoke at the house and I told you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that whole thing. All these years later, because it still haunted me, and I never was able to get pregnant again and have that big family. And I hold a lot of, a lot of anger for that. And I just, and I know God doesn't punish people, but I don't know. Sometimes it just feels like I just lost my shot at it, you know. And I remember that is the one heartbreaking moment that me and him share because he was heartbroken too 
And I know that that broke us. And I don't think he could understand why I, why I did it. I mean, I understand now, like, I really couldn't have done it, you know, moving forward and then going to being homeless and having two kids. And then I couldn't do that, you know. Yeah. It was bad enough putting one kid through it. And, um, and I, I had it and that was it. And I remember, his, I remember hearing his scream when it happened. And I felt so bad because I took something away from him without like I understand when women say it's their body but it takes two people and it's yeah. really up to both of them to yeah. make that decision and yeah. I took that from him you know but I already knew that I didn't even have the partner that I needed just for the small things and I knew that I wasn't gonna make it with two kids even though I know now that I could have because God provides you know, yeah. he would have saw me through it. Yeah. And I regret it. It's my one single biggest regret in my life. Yeah. Mm. But I can't take it back. Yeah. Um, I definitely. And, and kind of while you just gather yourself, let me just, I think, go on a rant a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, as Christians, we know where the lines are. We know where the, the lines of morality lie. We know the difference between right and wrong, and then we know from God's word where those lines are. I think, I think what often goes unappreciated is how complicated things can get, where those lines, they don't move necessarily, but they get blurry given the circumstances that we're put in. It's easy for people to point fingers and go, well, clearly this is right and this is wrong. But if you're not in a specific situation, you don't understand how complicated things can get. Granted, the lines don't move, and I get that. But I think where the lack of compassion comes in is when you don't understand stories like yours, where it's like, yo, I, I, know, I know that's wrong, but you don't understand where I'm coming from. You don't know what I would have to carry in order to do that. And other people's response to you was, is going to be, that's wrong, but then they... They don't get. They don't have to walk in that in those shoes in those decisions that you have to walk in, and so what I appreciate right now is even like the beautiful complexity of your story where you're going. I know that was wrong, but you don't get it, you know, and and yeah, I know it was wrong, and I did it, and I regret it. Like there's there's just so many moving parts there that I think is like super unappreciated about how complicated life can get. Like like in a silly way. One one of the silliest things I've ever seen, but I but I appreciate and I get is is and this is gonna sound super silly. The the relationship status on Facebook. Married, single, and it's complicated. It's complicated. That it's complicated, I'm like, that's it right there. That's because <laughs> it could be complicated married and complicated, complicated single. Right. And and oftentimes for people... There's always a storm brewing somewhere. There's always a storm brewing. And yeah, we know where the lines are. We get it. I know right and wrong. And as a Christian, we know even more the rights and wrongs. But we don't appreciate how complicated things can get. Where Or how hopeless things can seem at the moment. Which can blur the lines of right and mm -hmm. wrong. I still know where the lines are. It's just... It's blurry to me now. Because now I don't know what to do with these things that I have to carry. Um, 
so I, I definitely appreciate um, not just your vulnerability, but your thought process in sharing those things. So, car accident, abortion. Where do you? Where does Sasha go from there? So yeah, um, I was leading up to leaving to my mom's house. Mm-hmm. So I went ahead with the abortion, and then I went to my mom's house. I don't even think I ever told my mom, you know, about it. Mm. I don't. I don't think I've ever told anybody. I. I think maybe you have made. You might have been the first person I opened up to it only two years ago. Mm. And I broke down, you know, to you. And um, But anyhow, yeah, so I go to my mom's. Uh, David picks me up, you know, in a little U-Haul truck, get, gather my stuff, we go over, back over there. And even when we were doing it, I didn't want to leave. Mm. There was something that was just like, I want to give this a chance. I want to see. Am I not giving it any? Am I not giving it enough? Mm-hmm. Am I? Am I? Am I just blowing it? Like I, I, you know. There comes a point in your life when you're just like, am I blowing this out of proportion? Am Am I giving my fifty percent or my hundred percent or whatever it's supposed to be to make a relationship work? Mm-hmm. Am I being insensitive to that person's needs? And mm-hmm. up until that moment, all he had to say was, don't go. Yeah, yeah. And I would have and been like, stayed. I would have been okay. So let but me he ask was you, so hurt. So let me ask you this, because I feel like you you somewhat, you expressed somewhat of the same thing when it came to your mom. And, and even early on in your childhood, if they would have just done a little bit more to make things right, you would have stuck by them. Mm-hmm. And now you're in this relationship where clearly from your even your own perspective, it was not good. But if they would have just made it another extra yeah, like effort. I would have stayed with my I would have stayed at my uncle's house with my mom had he not let had he not thrown me out. Correct. So what do you think it is about you that makes you wanna to tough it out in difficult situations? Everybody's not perfect. We all have our situations, we all have our flaws. And I always I always try to see the best in somebody. The good in people. Yeah. I always try to see the good in people and just try to take it from their perspective and just mm-hmm. say, damn, what are they going through? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that they got to hurt somebody so deep. Mm-hmm. You know, because like my mom used to say horrible things to me. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm ugly and, you know, your breath stinks. Get away from me. Don't hug me. I didn't get that love as a child. Yeah. I, I didn't get that. Yeah. And I remember at one, I remember having a memory of my aunt. Um, I walk into her bedroom, I knock on the door, she's come in and she opens up her arm and she tells me to come lay down mm-hmm. next to her while she was reading her book. And I remember at that moment when she hugged me, I was just like, I haven't been hugged in so long. And it just felt so good, yeah. you know, and I just wanted that. And I just, and she wasn't even, she wasn't a person like that because the people that my mom grew up with were her seven brothers and sisters. And mm-hmm. there was a lot of that was a horrible situation from what I understand, you know, mm-hmm. of them growing up. I know that my aunt was very, very mm-hmm, like, you know, mm-hmm. she wasn't, she was very foreign to, to, to love, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And I knew that was a moment for her too. I mm-hmm. felt it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think she just knew that I needed it. Mm. You know, cause I know, I, I'm, I'm sure she knew what was going on with my mom. Mm-hmm. And I, I just. So it was one of those, you, you think it was one of those things where you grew up lacking and so you wanted to give that to people because you knew what it was like to not have that. Yes. But Mm. I had a battle within myself because there was this tough person in me that was just always like, 
All right, you're gonna hurt me, so I gotta put on my sh- I gotta put on my suit of armor and get yeah, ready because yeah, yeah. I know this is gonna go sideways. Yeah, like because every other relationship I had, my mom and my dad, that went sideways. Mm-hmm. So this can't also mm-hmm. work. So mm-hmm. I was always mm-hmm. ready. Like people set themselves up to fail, I was always setting myself up mm-hmm. to fail. Mm-hmm. You know, I was speaking it out into existence. Mm-hmm. And bringing negativity that wasn't necessarily there. So I don't blame everything on, you know, now I could do that. Before I was just like, you know, it's all your fault. You, Mm. you don't, you, something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. But now in hindsight, I can say, no, it's 50, 50, a hundred percent. We, we both didn't, didn't make this work. Yeah. I, I, I really appreciate you being so vulnerable and sharing parts of you. Cause I think, um, and I think here's here's rant number two for me. Um, my experience with the Christian faith, which is something we're about to get into, is I don't think I don't think Christians, at least in our corner of the world and the church culture in which we exist, I don't think we appreciate people's stories. Mm-hmm. I don't think we appreciate the brokenness that we bring with us into the faith. Right. When you become a Christian, it almost feels like check that at the door. Like, like yeah, that's yeah. your past. Leave that over there. You're a new creation. There's this new life waiting for you, and you're supposed to walk in all this peace and joy, and and you're supposed to get healed and pr- just have faith in God. And and I think it's 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 messier than that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and I think one of the big moments for me, because I came in, I came into the Christian faith probably like most American Christians, where it was just like. I'm going to just pretend that I'm healed, pretend that God has taken yeah. care of my past and pretend that I don't have all of this baggage. And then I quickly realize that that's not the case. But when I realize it, I look at the church culture and I go, oh, I got to keep pretending because they don't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so there's this, and I use this, I use this illustration before just because of, of the what's going on in our world right now with the COVID-19 epidemic, a pandemic rather, um, where Christians, like if you gather all the Christians into one room and and everyone in the room has COVID-19, everyone's been diagnosed, right? And we're all in the room and then one guy or girl has the guts to go, hey, I think I'm sick. We all like condemn them and quarantine them and shun them and stay away from them. I'm like the guy in the corner going, wait, aren't we all sick? Right. You know what I mean? And there's this like culture of um, let's just pretend we're okay and ignore the brokenness in us when the reality of Scripture is showing how broken we all are mm-hmm. so that God's redemptive power can, re- can be revealed, right? Like there's all these stories in Scriptures where... Um, God is aware of how broken we are and he chooses to love us anyway and save us anyway Mm -hmm. and use us anyway. Mm -hmm. Like like King David makes for a great story, but David ultimately, like if you want to just be real, and we say this a lot at Kingdom City, we point to these, these truths. David rapes Bathsheba and has her husband killed. Mm-hmm. So he can hide the lie that he raped. Right. The, can we stop pretending like God didn't know David was going to do that? Right. You know what I mean? Like da- God knew how broken David was and, and the things that David struggled with and would ultimately fall to. But he saw David's heart. 
that there was some there was a purity about him that that God could use him for his glory right, right? but in our church culture that doesn't translate well it's almost like yeah let's not talk about what David did with Bathsheba let's mm -hmm. not let's pretend he didn't kill or have Uriah killed right you know what i'm saying and mm -hmm. so one of the things we try to do in our church, and I'm not just trying to big up our church. I'm sure there's thousands and thousands of churches like Kingdom City that are really trying to press into the truth and, and elevate the real, um, the real heart of Christianity and glorify God in a really big way. But one of the things I love about us is, is we have stories like yours where we, we have, and we're going to make no bones about it. This wasn't, we're not trying to be sneaky. Mm -hmm. We literally tried to, um, highlight and point to a lot of the brokenness that you went through, mm -hmm. a lot of the darkness that you had to walk in, a lot of the tough decisions that you had to make, mm -hmm. um, and and the not so beautiful parts about you. We didn't mention the brass knuckles. We're not gonna go there. You could save that for small group and Bible study. We can't do that right now because we don't want to get kicked off of. <laughs> Call me knuckles. We don't. <laughs> we're not gonna talk about the brass knuckles or you getting banned from anywhere. We're not gonna do that. Um, but there's all this brokenness about your life. Mm -hmm. Just let's keep it real. You've been you've been open and you've been vulnerable. There's all this really dark stuff about your life. But then you become to, to be to be honest, and I don't think anybody that's listening to this would disagree. You become one of the more um, the brightest stars at our church where you're at our church and we feel comfortable even as leaders we felt comfortable putting you on the front lines you're the first face that we see when we walk into the church you're the first one greeting us you're the first one <laughs> you're the and, and i'm gonna get there but you're we've we've trusted you enough to go you're gonna be the first person that that we see when we come to church and just to be clear I know how important that is as a pastor. So I was pastoring um, at Metro Community Church in Englewood, right? Mm -hmm. And we used to do this thing called um, um, communication cards, right? Mm -hmm. So right after announcements, we would we would tell people to pull out their communication card and whatever. Check off if you're a first time or second time visitor, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And then when we got that feedback... Whoever was preaching that Sunday, or the leaders in general, we would we would email personally email the first and second time visitors. Hey, thank you for coming. Whatever. Hey, give us some feedback on our church. What's the first thing that stuck out to you? Eight, nine times out of ten, the feedback that would come back was not the sermon. It was not the worship. It was not the kids ministry. It was. Eight, nine times out of ten. Hey, as soon as I walked in, first thing I noticed was the welcome team. They made us feel so welcome. They made us feel at home. They gave us direction. They pointed us where to go, where to grab the butelo, right? Where to, where's the bathroom? Where can we sit? And so I knew that coming into Kingdom City that that's, that was going to be one of the first um, things that people were going to realize, right? Mm -hmm. or, or see or, or be impacted by. And... It was a no-brainer when we decided we, we need to have like a welcome kind of ministry. And when your name came up, it was a unanimous thing. Let's put let's put Sasha on the front lines. And not just that, but let let let's let her make it her own thing. And so you that was the only direction I gave you. 
<laughs> I said, yo, just make it your own. You came up with the decorations and the coffee and the the muffins and the <laughs> <laughs> and all the artwork and everything else. How did you go? Because that's not, you're supposed to be a statistic. Mm. I refuse. You were supposed to not make it. Mm -hmm. You went through, people fold because of lesser things. Mm -hmm. How did you go from walking in all of these things that we just mentioned? Your past, your childhood, mom, siblings, all of these things. Stuff that honestly we didn't even get to. Yeah. How did you go through all of that? And still be able to be the welcome face at a church. How did that happen for you? How did that happen for you? So, uh, touching back on what you said before about um, how the church works. And I had that moment when I became a Christian. Mm. I had that. Like, I'm new again. I can leave that all behind me. And it was great. It was, like, awesome. And then, much like what your wife told me, I'm going to hit a point. Mm -hmm. where I'm going to not feel like that and mm. I'm going to be back down again. Mm. And I hit that point. Mm. And I, all of my brokenness came back up mm -hmm. and I felt dirty again. Not mm. dirty, but just mm -hmm. hopeless again. Yeah. And I just felt like, now what? Now what? You know? And then I realized, and even up until this day, you know, I cry all the time during worship. Mm -hmm. And... I had to embrace that brokenness and I had mm. to embrace my past mm. to realize God was always there. Mm. He was always there. You know, in every aspect of my life, he was always, always there. From mm. the moment when I was homeless and I didn't have anywhere to go at 15, mm. I had that one night there. And then that girl gave me that place to stay for $50 a week. And then... You know, and then I'm at, I'm at this place and this drug deal. And then I got, you know, my, my, there was always almost like a way out or to something better for me. And that was God. Yeah. And that's what I had to embrace that Sasha, you're not new. You're the same person. You just got to embrace what happened. Yeah. I've and, always and, been there. And, and, and yeah. And just yeah. realize that I've always been there for you yeah. and I'm always going to be there for you. Yeah. And when I had that moment, I was just like. Okay. Mm. I, all right. You, ah, okay. <laughs> hey, you know, all right. You're funny. Mm. And I've always, I, I've, I'm very blessed in having, um, I've always been a blessed person to read between lines, mm -hmm. call you out or just be like, mm, there's something about that person. I, I, I don't trust that person. Yeah. Or I've always had that or been able to look at it on the other side, mm. you know, or say, okay, well maybe this person's this way because of this, you know? And I didn't realize that then that I did that, but now I realize it. And at a younger age, I always said, I want something better. I don't want to live in the projects for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be my mom or dad. I don't want to be a prostitute. I don't want to be addicted to drugs. I don't want to be a stripper for the rest of my life. Getting a drug dealer or a rapper is not going to work. I got to get out of this myself. I so got to figure so you it always out. Knew, you always knew there was something like a greater calling in you. Yes. And like yeah. I said, I was always a spiritual person. Like even when I had my bush and I knew what I was doing was wrong. And I had to say to myself, God is a... And I remember saying this to myself, God is going to forgive me. God is not going to tell me you can't come into heaven because you had an abortion. Because you're a murderer. Mm -hmm. I knew that wasn't going to happen to me. And I knew that he loved me because I was still there. I didn't die. I didn't 
I just kept going. There was something driving me and I realized that it was God mm. at this point in my life. And I'm just like, what else do you have to lose? Just, just trust in him. Just yeah. trust in the fact that God loves you. And when I did that, I just felt like this sense of just happiness that I've never had. Mm -hmm. I always used to have this one prayer telling you, just asking God, God, just make me happy. Just make me happy. Mm. And that was my prayer literally every single day of my life. I just said to God, please, just I just want to be happy. Yeah. And I had to realize that happiness was the word and just a following God. Yeah. And when I did that, I was better. Mm. And I'm still a work in progress. I'm mm -hmm. still, you know, every day. But like today I woke up and I just put on my worship music and I just worshiped God. And I thanked him for my bad moments, for mm -hmm. making me be happy for what I have now. Yeah. You know, and I'm blessed. I'm, I mean, listen, I got like $300 in my bank account right now. We don't know if we're going to make it to next week, but you know what? I know God got me and Get I it. have that. I have that. I literally, I, Get it. people always, you know, they laugh. Oh, these Christians are crazy. Believe in God. He's going to put food on your table. Yes, he is. He uh. is going to find a way and he is going to put food on your table <laughs> and he is going to make it work. You know, my husband is still able to work right now to, mm. to put food on the table. So mm. that is a blessing in itself. Mm. Right. You know? All right. Hold on. Time out. What? Husband. Yes. You're married. Yes. <laughs> now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Because uh, when you said husband, like your cheeks got red real quick. Yeah, he's a good man. Is he? Yes. Okay. What's his name? Do his we name know? Is Johnny. Yes, you do. Um. And he is, he's my assistant. <laughs> <laughs> he's the tall guy he's that they, yeah, people see when they yeah, walk in. Yeah, you all know him. Um, <laughs> he is my backbone, my strength, gotcha. okay. and who I want to be when I grow up. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Good man. Yeah, he's like loved this, by everybody. In yes, our he's just a warm hug. He just scoops you up and just yeah. you know, and it's just like I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest. Mm. I don't like being hugged by him because <laughs> I'm I'm a five six. <laughs> he's a he, six two. <laughs> he's six two. When he hugs me, I'm in his bosom. That makes me feel he uncomfortable. He likes it though. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. It makes me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm gonna be in his yeah, when bosom. I hug him, I, it's hard because I'm like, yo, you're making my back hurt, man. Like, I don't. I'm older than you. So yeah, Johnny's eight years younger than me. Wait, wait, time out. Time out. Johnny's a young buck. Yes, he is. He's eight years younger than you. Yes. But you just said you won't be like him when you grow up. Yeah. Mm, say more. Johnny has this um, this capacity to love. Mm. <laughs> and not let things bother him like I do. And I'm like, yo, she just stole your parking spot. What you gonna do about it? He's like, Babe, it's all right. We'll find another one. I'm like, yo, but get out the car. He's like, no, we got this. Don't worry about it. And I'm just like, oh, man, you a punk. You know? <laughs> and, then, and then I'm like, He's a gentle giant. He's a gentle giant. Yeah. He he runs from me. <laughs> He's like, oh, she's mad. <laughs> but no, he, um, I fell in love with him when I saw how he was with my son. Hmm. And I knew that he was going to be a pivotal, he was just going to be somebody important to this kid. Yeah. And um, I'm not trying to take away from his dad, his dad. You know, there's, I feel like there's things that you learn from different people in your life. Mm. And my son's going to learn how to be a strong businessman and, and he's going to get a lot of aspects from his father. In a yes. In a, in a good way. Good. And he's, he's going to toughen him up and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But then there's Johnny that keeps him a kid. 
You know, he he shows him that you got to be happy in life. Yeah. You know, you got to go for that. You know, okay, yeah, you got you got to see. Let's try for an A later. You know, and he's he's just he plays with him, you know, games. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, he, mm-hmm. he came into my life when my son was 12 okay. and I had just come out of a horrible relationship and he didn't get that love. Cause I had a, I had a thing thinking that, um, my relationship was for me, Yeah. but I didn't no longer live for me. I lived for my son. Yeah. So you, if you don't impress my son, you're not going to impress me. Mm-hmm. And so my son saw me in a very unhealthy relationship. Mm-hmm. I didn't want him to see that. And, um, I knew that Johnny was the total opposite. John, I always say that Johnny is my prize after mm. all of this. Mm. He really, really is because I, I don't know how I got him. Mm. I don't know. And um, that's why I tell, I, I think it's because of him that I could tell people it's going to be okay because there is going to be somebody and you just got to just stick it out. You know, and, and other people too, like I have a, I have an amazing support system right now, you yeah. know, between knowing you for so long mm-hmm. and you know, you're my, you're, you're like, like I have a upper backbone, a middle backbone, <laughs> you know, and I feel like all these people hold me up and, yeah. you know, I have a good support system and I never had that. And like we had said, we had a conversation before that my family doesn't consist of blood. You know, I make my family according to the people who love me and support me. And yeah. I have a big family right now. Yeah. Kingdom City Church is my family. Mm. And that I'm loved. Yeah. And I never had that. Yeah. So it's like those those hugging moments, it's just yeah. like, oh, okay, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Yeah. And now I, I just can't. I just love everybody there. Yeah. Because I, a- I feel like I can... I feel like I could be me. I, I'm a it's giving important. person. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm a person who, who likes to make people happy. Yeah. Even, and sometimes it could be bad because mm-hmm. I can make them happy at my own unhappiness. Yeah. And I'm a giving person and it's a safe place for me to be me mm-hmm. and love people unconditionally like I want to. That's important. Mm-hmm. That's important. Let's do this real quick because we're, we're going to start to wrap up and I'm going to ask you to give a few encouraging words to others but before we do that let's give some kingdom city shout outs okay yeah we, we to be clear mm-hmm. and I, i'm a little bit biased because i'm the i'm the <coughs> founding pastor lead pastor at kingdom city church <laughs> here there's a lot of great people god has blessed our church with a lot of amazing people that just make even on a pastoral level makes my job insanely easier to do um but someone like you who some who, that's just this is going to be unfair a little bit mm-hmm. talk to me about some of your favorite people at kingdom city church um oh, joanne no nah, that's not i'm not want to talk about joanne <laughs> i don't want to talk about joanne no 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 now she's gonna fire me <laughs> that's nah. that's my girl that's my oh, heart yeah. man i love joanne shout out to joanne's my sister man jo- like, you know what i love about joanne joanne is real uh you know we, we, no, we <laughs> no, no. all right all right wait, wait 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 me and joanne we got into it today on over I text saw message that. I yeah, saw yeah, yeah, that. yeah yeah you gotta watch it she's nah, a real be, one we beef it she 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 looks real <laughs> gentle and everything but she no, that's what I love about her. She, there's a little side she's to little her. She's a little sneaky. She's a little spicy she, sometimes, she, she, she got a little twist <laughs> to her. Nah, let me tell you something, Joanne. That's my heart, man. That's my little sister. She's day one. 
Uh, there's few, very few people I trust more than her. But go ahead. Go. Um, yeah. So, uh, Angie. Hmm. Angie. Yeah. Yeah. Angela. I, I Angela Lee. Yeah. It's my favorite person at Kingdom City Church. Shout out to Angela. Her energy's crazy. Nah, listen, let me tell you something. That girl walks into church, I'll be in bad moods, and she gets me in a good mood. Her energy, she's contagious. She's good yeah. people. Yeah. Okay. Um, Who else? Josh. I'm loving Franco right now. Franco, shout out, shout to, out Franco. to Franco. I'm loving Franco. Hey, yo, give it up for Franco real quick. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Franco. I, I love a lot, but you know what? That's my guy. I like no, him. Franco, he's funny. There's a little <laughs> listen, yeah. and this is and this is so important because that's a life lesson right there. Uh-huh. You never life is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> you never know. So like there's layers, and you peel these layers off of people, you know? Because I don't. I think like the first time I ever met Franco was. Not met him, but like I interacted was here. Midweek, midweek yeah, midweek service. service. Yes, fact. And me and him, we just we vibed, and it was just cool. And I was just like, "Yo, you cool, you know?" <laughs> Franco's good. Uh, yeah, good and people, and of course Nick and G. He, I always had like, mm. I feel like they're like the untouchables. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's just like what he, those are two other people I want to be like when I grow up. Yeah, you know, great people. Um, man. Kevin, you know, Which my, Kevin? yeah, MVP right there. The MVP, the sound yeah, guy. Yeah, that you know, guy. And and and. And the Asian Barry White. The ooh, Mikey? Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> the Asian and Barry White. Shout out Eunice, to Mikey. Eunice, I have a love for that girl. It's kind of weird. I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm in love with her. I don't yeah. know. Like, I don't know. And Eunice she's just dope, so man. sweet yeah, and just so she's and she's just always so like you talk to her and she's just like she just wants to know. Yeah. You know, and I love that about yeah. her, you know, and it's just it's sometimes kind of like uh uh, you know, so I'm glad that we did this so people can know. Eunice like, is yeah, yeah, she is. Um, I love everybody there. Alice, Grace. Alice just, is good people. Alice, yeah, Alice, Alice is good people. Grace, she's just so sweet. Shout Grace Tag. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan. I'm Kimberly, a fan of Grace. Kimberly. Kimberly. You yeah. know, she's. I was a little jealous today. <laughs> yeah. Today, because she got. I mean, I've known you for how many years? I've never gotten rice and like you. You listen. You got you got penny spent. vodka the other day. I'm gonna put my business out there. Like that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, Kimberly's good people. She's, uh, she's yeah. definitely she's definitely Christopher Ben Chris. Yeah. My man Chris. And David, let yo shout out to David. David too. M. David David has I've seen. It's so weird because like it's one of my favorite people. Talk. I've seen him, and I and I put I pulled him aside. I see. I have this thing, and I'm sorry to everybody for this. I have a thing that I call you out. So I pulled him over <laughs> to the side, and um, not too long ago, and I just told him, I was like, "Yo, I just got to tell you, I see a change in you ever mm. since he got that job, mm. and he's able to just like I just see him like just this growth in him, mm. and I'm just like, yo, you just you have an extra stride I right agree. now, and I and I'm loving it, and I'm just so excited to see where where his life is gonna be. He just has a I don't know. Mm-hmm. This is something, and I love it about mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, I've seen. I think, I think more than anybody else at Kingdom City. Just not, not that obviously I've seen growth in everybody. Mm-hmm. I've just seen David come across so many obstacles, and he's beat them all. Mm-hmm. And makes me a fan. I'm a fan of that. I don't care how many times you fall, and I hate to sound cliche or like cheesy, but. That dude has come up against things, and he's he's stepped yes. to the plate every single. He's knocked the ball out. He of was the park. my retreat partner. He and was. <laughs> he's we, good we got to know each other on a deeper level, and I got to say that 
you really don't know what people go through until you actually sit there, like have a conversation with somebody, yeah. grab somebody random yeah. and, and really ask them with, with, with real meaning, like, tell me about yourself, yeah, you know, like yeah. really ask with purpose and, and get to know somebody because you, you, you really don't really, I mean, like even me and you, like as mm-hmm. we've known each other for so many years and, years and we're still learning things about each other. F- <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, and, and in a, in a way it's almost sad, uh-huh. but at the same time, it's great. You know, yeah. it's a little sad that we've known each other for so long, but we've never had some of these conversations, yeah. you know, That's a fact. and, and it, but it's also beautiful to learn those kind of things. And once you start learning, you just want to keep knowing more and more. Yeah. And, you know, like me and Delhi, we, Miss mm-hmm. Delia. Shouts to Delia. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had this. Ooh, what's beautiful- up with her? She got a man or something? She could. Listen. What's up? Back up off my wife. No, nah, but she's kind of cute. I'm not gonna, I'm I'll gonna, get you them digits. You give uh, me your number? <laughs> Send no, me her sir. Instagram. I'm going to slide in her DM. Oh, God. Shut up. Shut up. Please elaborate. Deli's my wife, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the sound guy oh, just yeah, panicked. He's like, please tell them who Deli is. <laughs> That was actually really important. That was, that was important. They're like, oh, this pastor just took it to another level. <laughs> the pastor trying to slide in somebody DM. That's his wife of 23 years, people. That's the wife. Um, yeah, so like Delhi, I've known her for, two, for, listen, we've known each other, just to clarify, for about 17 years. Long time. We've known each other for a very long time. And I spent this two weeks in Hawaii with her and... There was a lot of crying, uh-huh. a lot of praying, uh-huh. and a lot of hikes. And um, that was amazing. Yeah. I just, I, I gained a soul sister. You know, that's my, that's my girl. Uh-huh. And that's important. Yeah. You know, and we, we got to know each other on a different level, and, that, yeah. and that's just amazing. That's dope. That's and, dope. Yeah. So, so here, let's close with this. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been through a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. right? Things I think we've established. Um, most people. I'm sorry if I left anybody out. I love you all. <laughs> Whole church is dope. Shout out to yeah. Kingdom City Church. Um, you've been through a lot of things in your life mm-hmm. um, that we haven't even touched on. There's a lot we haven't. This, <laughs> this is part two. This three <laughs> yeah. hour podcast, and there's so many things we haven't even touched on. Yeah. Um, hopefully, as you continue to do life, to do life. Um, at Kingdom City, people will get to know you and get to hear some of these stories. Um, but you've been through a lot. Most people don't make it out of the things mm-hmm. that you that you went through. And here you are, right? Mm-hmm. You're not just a Christian. You're plugged into a church. You're not just at church attending. You're really leading an entire ministry. Um, and you're excelling at that. A lot of people know you. A lot of people love you. Um, give us a few words of encouragement to others in the church who are going through similar things, even lesser things. Because at the end of the day, who cares, right? If it's as as bad or worse, their mm-hmm. truth is their truth. Their reality is their reality. Um, what would be a word of encouragement that you would give to people listening now um, at Kingdom City or even people who are going to listen to this podcast later on? Um, a few words of encouragement about just getting through these difficult moments in your life? Um, uh, number one, I think having a support system of people that you can thoroughly trust. Mm-hmm. And, and um, get, get people around you you can trust. Yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. And be open to them because mm-hmm. 
you know, it shouldn't take 17 years mm. to get to know somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, it should be very intent. When you ask somebody, hi, how are you? Be intentional on on really. Yeah, but really, how are you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's really important. Yeah. And for people who are going through things, press hard into God. Yeah. Really, really press hard into it. Yeah. And mm. get a buddy. Get a buddy at church. <laughs> somebody you can talk to, you mm. know, and and mm. and just if you you have to be the change. You yeah. ha- you have to, if you if you're not if you don't like where your life is right now, change it. Change it. Yeah. You can change it, whether yeah. it's pressing more into God, praying, mm-hmm. and just being intentional on your prayers. Be detailed in your prayers. Mm-hmm. Ask for, you know, mm-hmm. for just for the light. And just always keep in mind, one of the things I always keep in mind is this too shall pass. Yeah. And it's so important yeah. to, to understand that tomorrow's going to be different. Yeah. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be the same mm-hmm. thing over and over again. Just... Mm-hmm. Just you have to also be your own support, your, your own cheerleader yeah. and, and just say, oh, you got this, man. You got this. And just yeah. keep it up and and know that God got you. Yeah. He got you. That's good. That's good. So let me remix that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Trust God. Yes. Right. You mentioned that. That's mm-hmm. big. Press into him, which just basically means press into a real relationship with him. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, believe the promises that he has for you and believe in yourself because of who God created you to be. Yes. I really believe that God doesn't give you more than you can handle. Mm. He He gives you something that may seem impossible, but that's because he has that much trust in you that you're going to get through it. Mm. That's good. And also share because... Share in in what way? Share Share your struggles in life. Mm. because you may be that encouragement to somebody else yeah. and say, damn, she, excuse my name. <laughs> if she got through it, I can too. Yeah. And just really, really press into that and, and remember that. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why you're sharing your story. Mm-hmm. It took you a long time to do this. Yes. I was patient. And I'm an open book. Anybody got questions, ask me. Mm. And I'm and I'm always there to just give. I love giving words of encouragement. I mm-hmm. love talking to people and telling mm-hmm. them, "Yo, you got this," you mm-hmm. know. And just like, okay, how are we gonna figure it out? And a lot of times, something may seem crazy, and if you talk it out with somebody, you're like, "I knew the answer all along." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens so much because yeah. I'm just like, "Oh, okay, all right, I yeah, got it." Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, and laugh, laugh at it. <laughs> yeah there were times where we were talking yeah, about some pretty heavy and things we and laugh. we're giggling yeah but that's one of the things i appreciate i'll close out with this um one of the things i appreciate about you is again you've gone through some pretty difficult things in your life um and we're able to sit here and talk about it and then laugh about how crazy some of that was yeah um but also appreciate Um, how we came out of these situations, how you Mm -hmm. came out of these situations. And I just want you to know, um, humble brag. Can I humble brag real quick? I'm a humble brag real quick. You stepped into our church for the first time. And at the end of the service, the first time you stepped into, the first time you stepped into our church, at the end of service, I sat down next to you and I said, I hope you decide to come back and become a part of our family because mm-hmm. you're going to be a very important part of our church. 
I don't mean to boast, but man, if I don't brag, yeah, you should tell me this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to because I I saw this coming. I'm I'm aware because of what God's done in me, um, and other people that I know of of what He can do with somebody that's that's gone through difficult things and how He can make it a beautiful thing for the glory of His name. I'm so happy to have you. We are more blessed to have you than you are to have us. Um, you make our church better. Um, you're literally on the front lines. You're the first person that people see. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Your coffee game is crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm not even kidding. Your coffee game is crazy. I come in, I come to church on Sundays defeated sometimes. And I drank that cup of magic and I'm like, let's go. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much you. for sharing your story. Thank you so much for having uh, for being so transparent, for not being ashamed of your past or your brokenness, for embracing your brokenness and willing to bear it all um, for the glory of his name and for the joy of our hearts and for the encouragement of our hearts. Um, we need it um, more than you know. Thank you so much. Thank you for Love having you, girl. Me. Real Love talk me. on three. One, two, three. Real talk. <laughs>